Hello and welcome to the live postcast on the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live following the Wolves' convincing win over the Houston Rockets on Saturday night. Marnie Gellner of Bally Sports North joins the show to break it all down. Again, we are live. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Marty Gellner of Bally Sports North is with us to talk through Wolves Rockets, the Timberwolves. Again, really a convincing win on Saturday night. Saturday night. And Marty, this was hopefully a get right win for the Wolves up by as many as 24 at a couple of points late in the second half and, and 15 plus for much of the fourth quarter. Second night of a back-to-back, no Rudy Gobert. They really needed this one, and, uh, I mean, ultimately, they got it. Yes, and it was fairly comfortable. I mean, it wasn't easy by any means, but it is as comfortable as I feel like we have felt as fans watching this team. And I was – I mean, you you have to worry a little bit about the possibility of the letdown in a game like this because – the night before you have the best team, at least record wise in the NBA, in your arena, the bucks undefeated. And then the very next night, and it was not even 24 hours later, Ben. these tip ups, tip offs were 22 hours apart. So the next night you have a one win team in, and sometimes you get up for the big game and then you lose it. And it's a disappointment and you're tired and you go through the motions in the second game. And thankfully, that did not happen tonight for the Wolves. Yeah, and it was almost it was almost the opposite of that, right? We talked a little bit last night about how we were concerned that this could be a go through the motions game, like, hey, they're a one win team, we're at home. Yeah, it's a back to back, but like this is this is a game we should win. And then you find out, you know, we found out midday on Saturday that Rudy Gobert entered health and safety protocols, and there was like this. I felt like it was going to go one of two ways, right? It was going to be a result like this one, which which thankfully we got, or it was going to be a really disappointing, you know, kind of flat performance. And we actually got arguably the best kind of wire to wire performance from the wolves that we've seen so far this season, obviously still only what 10 games in, but um, it, like arguably the, the hardest they've played in terms of effort, you know, diving on the floor for loose balls, just things that we haven't necessarily seen consistently to this point in the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think there were moments of, the best that we've seen so far, like the, the wolves held Houston to a 15 point second quarter. Like that, I don't care what team you are. That's an NBA team getting 15 points in a quarter. The wolves scored 40 points in the first quarter. They had 27 points off of turnovers by halftime and finished with 36. But I mean, that just the jump and the, the want to, and the energy, that the Wolves came out with, which they had every excuse in the world to be flat and low energy. And Chris Finch brought this up in his his postgame right off the bat, saying that they had to talk about it the last time they had a back-to-back this season. Because remember, Anthony Edwards had that quote where he was like, yeah, I got to figure out how to play in in second games. You know, I've never been good. And um, with the timing of these two back-to-backs, they could have all played like a typical Anthony Edwards on night number two, but they didn't. And yeah, you mentioned um, defense and, and just kind of fly around and want to and 50, 50 balls and all the, those effort kind of things. I thought they were all there tonight. 
Yeah, and the thing I thought was great, especially early in the game, that helped them build the lead that 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 they kept for really the entire game and and grew throughout the second half. Early, especially, I thought ball movement was fantastic, um, and, and along with that, flying around on defense, forcing turnovers. They had you mentioned uh, points off turnovers, uh, forcing turnovers and getting out in transition was getting was key to both get easy baskets and then also to get the offense in a flow to get in a rhythm. And and I've talked about this on on Lockdown Wolves quite a bit, but the half court offense is just has just been so disjointed all season that just getting easy buckets and seeing the ball go through the net, just like an individual shooter in a slump as a team to get those easy baskets is huge. And in this game, we saw some easy transition points in the first half. The secondary break in transition was phenomenal, just kind of a natural side to side flow, which isn't rocket science it's basketball 101 but it's stuff that we haven't seen the wolves do everyone was involved um carl anthony towns continues to pass the ball extremely well i thought he was probably the best player on the floor in this game all the way around and for the most part i mean he made sound decisions and the wolves d'angelo russell we talked about his struggles on after friday's game he was good distributing and shooting the ball he had seven early points and even though the box score isn't like he didn't put up huge numbers. He had a solid game. I, I thought really to a player, the Wolves were unselfish offensively and for the most part efficient on that end of the floor. I agree. And I think Jordan McLaughlin was a huge part of that as well. He played 22 minutes, but the the pace and the boom, 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 just the, the ball gets out of his hands so fast. And you talked about, Ben, some of the, the fast break points that obviously gets you move in and then you score quickly and they're, the ball doesn't get sticky, which has been a huge issue for this team offensively. The ball does not get sticky when you're running up and down the court and scoring off of fast breaks. And the ball does not get sticky t- typically when McLaughlin is in at any point. And J-Mac had a, a career-high seven assists in the first half, tied a career-high with 11 for the game. 11 assists in 22 minutes is pretty efficient. And um, he and Nas Reed will sometimes check in at the same time intentionally on Chris Finch's part because of the chemistry they have. And it just, that part of it needed to change. That iso ball, that get mine ball was not nearly as prevalent tonight. And part of it is exactly what you said, the transition offense. And I felt like a part of it was uh, Jordan McLaughlin. Just, man, the, the pace that he plays with is so noticeably up-tempo. I love it. Yeah, he he's a ton of fun to watch. And, I mean, he would be right up there with Towns as the Wolves' best players individually uh, on this night. I mean, I think uh, also, interestingly, related to, to the lineup and actually Jordan McLaughlin, too, the end of the second quarter, Carl Tate Towns was in a little bit of foul trouble early in this game. He had fouled out Friday night, and he, I think he finished with five fouls in this game. So, hopefully, that's not that issue's not coming back, uh, but late in the second quarter, with him off the floor, the Wolves had a small lineup in the game with McLaughlin, Anthony Edwards, McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, and Prince. So your front court was Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince. Um, just a really small lineup, no center, not even, I mean, Kyle Anderson's really, I guess, his best positions at the four, but um, not real size on the floor at all. And they went on an 11 to three run to end the second quarter and, and help kind of build that lead that they had at halftime. Um, Finch tried some different things. Part of it was due to, it was out of necessity with no Rudy Gobert and with Townsend some foul trouble. And early, um, there were some other, I think McDaniels picked up a couple early fouls, uh, which is not that unusual, but um, the rotation looked a little different out of necessity, but I thought that Finch pushed a lot of the right buttons. And, and again, you mentioned, I mean, the opponent, like, yeah, I mean, Houston's a one-win team. Um, and so maybe that gave him some 
you know, leeway to try some different things, but that small ball lineup was a ton of fun and, and McLaughlin did a great job orchestrating it. Yeah. And that was part of the time Kyle Anderson was at times initiating the offense. I mean, sometimes you don't have a designated point guard. Like you always bring the ball up and then you pass it to the right side. Cause that's how our offense works. But Finch was talking about the, the versatility of Kyle being able to play the five on defense while also at times initiating the offense at the, at the same time, at, you know, the same, yeah. the same um, shift that he was playing. So that's really the first time we're seeing it. Cause he played just those couple of games and the Wolves were just all disconnected. And then he got one minute in the game that he left with the back spasms. Then he's been on a minute's restriction so this is really the full sort of Kyle Anderson look that we're getting for the first time as the Wolves sort of get connected for us to see what it looks like and how valuable and versatile he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about our title sponsors from today's show. If you took it, it's our friends at prize picks and you mentioned Jordan McLaughlin. We talked about his 11 assists. I don't know what J max over under was at prize picks, but I, I bet it was only three or four assists. So if you took the J Mac over, you won big, Price picks is amazing. It's really easy. You pick two to five players. If they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, and there's tons of categories, not just points, rebounds, assists, also made three-pointers, free throws made, things like that. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections, and all sports are available. You could have tonight played the World Series and the Timberwolves game, maybe picked an over-under from the baseball game as well as the Wolves game. Um, your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's extremely easy. Simply download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. And again, that's just if you deposit $100, bucks, PrizePix will give you $100. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right. Um, let's talk a little bit about the bench. The Timberwolves bench was really good in this game, and it looked a little bit different with Kyle Anderson sliding into the starting lineup. Uh, but Torian Prince was was the Torian Prince we saw for much of the first, I, I guess, really so far this season. Uh, he had a couple quieter games more recently, but was fantastic. He had 16.6 rebounds. Six of 12 shooting, made three threes in this game. Nas Reed was extremely good. We talked about Jordan McLaughlin. Jalen Noel was uh, stayed within himself for most of this game. It was just a, a really strong bench performance. And again, you know, the, the Rockets bench isn't isn't phenomenal, but you got you to gotta beat, you know, who you're playing against. And I thought the Wolves bench was really strong in this game. Yeah, I did too. And it had been more of a necessity I feel like in the last couple of games because the Wolves start three of the Wolves starters in particular D'Angelo Russell uh, Jade McDaniels and Rudy Gobert in the last two games so the at San Antonio at Phoenix or at Phoenix against Milwaukee had not played that well like their numbers were half of what their season averages are so I feel like the Wolves have desperately needed their bench because the starters production from those three had dipped off so much in the last couple of games. But then you got the starters back up on a night like tonight and then still got that same kind of production. Now all of a sudden it turns into this bonus. And when your starters build a lead, your bench keeps it, maybe even increases it. That's just, it's such a, a nice depth to have that, when teams can't 
can't know that you have this second unit in and they're going to roll a little, roll a little bit and you've relaxed and now you're going to come back in and try to build it back up again. Just to have that steadiness is so big. And I thought the wolves had it tonight. They got a good bench. They really do. These are good players and they're, they're still mixing and matching. Like Finch is just plugging all kinds of holes and matching all kinds of numbers together. And it's kind of fun to watch as long as it works out and he figures it out. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And, and I mean, the Wolves do really have a deep roster. I, I mean, Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes, uh, Rivers played less than a minute in this game. Forbes didn't get into the game. And they're probably both suited best as kind of fringe rotation guys. But to know that you have veterans like that that don't have to see the floor in a game like this, it just speaks to the the overall depth. And nobody go bare either. And, and you know, no two-way players available. You know, they're, they're all down in Iowa. So this was, um, you know, the bench that the Wolves had was was – was really, really good. And, and along with that, uh, the kind of the last uh, point that I wanted to talk through was the Rockets actually cut this lead. We talked about how it was relatively comfortable and it was, but the third quarter has been so bad for the wolves all year. I think up until this game, I think eight of the nine third quarters before this one, the wolves were a minus. They lost the third quarter in eight of the first nine games and they only won the third quarter. I think in this game by one, but the Rockets had cut the lead down to 11 with about nine and a half minutes to play in the third quarter. And it kind of was like starting to feel a little bit dicey, like, yeah, they should be okay. It's the Rockets. They're playing well overall. But given the third quarter history, I think Wolves fans were understandably nervous. But then quick push over the next three minutes, they built it all the way up to 20 again by midway through the quarter and eventually up to 24. Um, and and that was kind of a, a mix and match lineup. It was, you know, during that wave of subs that Finch will do. Um, I think, you know, McDaniels came out and and you saw Prince come in the game. And, um, but Anthony Edwards was really good during that stretch. He kind of found his footing there. Um, and, and it was just a strong, like, hopefully this is, hopefully playing the Rockets is kind of the recipe to get over some of these third quarter blues. And, and even if it's just a mental thing, like thinking, okay, we're not, you know, we've now had a good game in the third quarter. We can get over this hump moving forward against against anybody we play against. Um, you know, hopefully that's the case. But I thought the third quarter was uh, was really impressive, bouncing back after the Rockets bit into that lead. Yeah, and I think this team needed one of those and needed one of these games. And we've mentioned a couple of times that Rudy Gobert didn't play. He's in health and safety protocols, and he may miss another game. We have no idea. But Finch was also quick to point out. Somebody asked about Rudy and just kind of figuring things out without him and how do you plug him back in? Did you see anything that would help you to plug him back in? And Finch went out of his way to say, we didn't win this game because Rudy was out. We didn't play better because Rudy was out. But I do think there is something to the just let's step back. Let's just everybody. The pressure is totally off. There's been so much talk and and just no lack of patience of trying to figure this out. When is it going to work? Why isn't this working? How can we get these bigs to play together and all this? And then to just not have Rudy available just took so much of that off. And just said, guys, let's just go play. Just go play a game. Don't worry about it. How many times do you feed Rudy? How many rebounds does he get? How many lobs do we give him? Not even on the table. Not a factor. Nobody cares. And I feel like that might have relieved some of the pressure so that when Gobert does come back, some point next week probably, that it's more of a, okay, now let's go. Now we're running a little bit. Now we fit you in. And now this all starts to fit together and the pieces fall into the, the right spots. Maybe that helped in that area tonight. 
Yeah, and, and we'll see. I mean, uh, the Wolves have next up, they play Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. So, you know, the typical one day in between games. Um, so hopefully Rudy's back. Monday's against what looks like it'll be a shorthanded Knicks team. Uh, Phoenix on Wednesday and then at Memphis next Friday night, another ESPN game. So a pretty difficult next week in the schedule upcoming. Of course, Marty and I go live after every Wolves game this season um, at roughly... 40, 45 minutes after the game, you can find us live on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Then the audio feed from this always will post on all the Lockdown Wolves feeds. And of course, you can watch the archive video on YouTube as well on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Thanks once again for watching, for listening to the show. We'll be live after Monday night's game. And of course, Lockdown Wolves will have a show early on Monday as well. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.